in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? Serena Williams beat number two ranked Annette Kondavit in three sets at the U.S. Open. So Serena Williams advances to the third round after this upset win. Can she win the U.S. Open? Look, I don't bet against her. The one seed and the defending champions already been bounced. She just beat the, new, the two seed. I, I, I can't. I'm never going to say she can't do something. Probably not. Probably not. It'll catch up with her at some point, but I'm not going to sit here and say she can't. Do you know how dumb that first round post-match ceremony is going to look if she wins the whole thing? I'm going to have to do another one. They took like 30 to 45 minutes to like say thank you to Serena, and she might play for another two weeks. And it, did, did you see if she did anything yesterday? I was at the Aces game, so I didn't actually see okay. what happened afterwards. Well, um, they can't do one of those every night. <laughs> That would be great. I actually would change my opinion and be like, it would be phenomenal if every time she they played, did a goodbye they have press a conference minute, on the on the uh, everything's been court. great. Yes, oh, that I would love that part of it. Uh, I did see Tiger Woods in her box or whatever yes. the hell they call it, uh, fist pumping with her yes. as she won. Uh, that's really cool. Tiger's I, still pretty yoked. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's the, always been able to like bench press, hasn't he? Yeah, the he's never not crash and everything. That. He's yeah, man, he's pumping those. Uh, Pumping the iron. If you see him, like he was fist bumping and his arm was out, like man, that guy's yoked. I always thought he was he was a little skinny growing up, and then like once he started, well, he discovered when he discovered weightlifting and, yeah. and conditioning, he he went to a different level. Yeah, once he started having his problems around like 2009, 2010. From then on, I think all he does is lift weights and play golf. But he also, I mean, no one was as good as he was as the at the golfing part. But he changed the generation of golfers because they used to be out of shape. Kind of, there's still some guys like that. But he he changed a lot of guys because they started looking at him for nutrition and what does he do? How how do you like him? That's why so many golfers are in shape now. I'm serious. He changed an entire generation of golfers because they said we might not be able to match him on the course, but we can try to match him, you know, nutritionally and and weightlifting and conditioning. Yeah, no more John Daly's. It's all there's very few now about the, yeah, there's very few about the like right. that. Two things. One, Tiger ruined it for everybody. These guys didn't have to work out. They just showed up, <laughs> smoked a golf ball, and they were good to go. Ruined it for everybody. And number two, everything you just said makes me think Tiger Woods is on steroids. Everything well, the two of you just said makes been, me think he's on There's steroids. been rumors of that for years, he's right? He's just like, oh, he had, he's, he's yoked. Danny's like, oh, after his injury he had, problems, um, he comes back and he's just jacked. He and I'm had like, uh, relationships with guys who were linked to roids. Was he Fernando Tatis's best friend now? Well, Tiger has had ringworm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have no idea if he's had ringworm. Next question. The Mets beat the Dodgers 2-1 to one yesterday. A pitch. Okay. You all the time come in here complaining about the pitching. I told you yesterday, Tyler Anderson is going to outpitch Jacob DeGrom. He did not, but he came close. DeGrom went seven innings, gave up three hits, one earned. Should have given up two, but Brandon Nimmo took away a home run. 
Uh, Tyler Anderson, seven innings, eight hits, two earned runs. The only runs he gave up were on a Starling Marte two-run home run. So the Mets threw Jacob deGrom, who's out here pumping 102 in the zone. The Dodgers throw out Tyler Anderson, and you almost won the game. Like, that's... I know you, aside from winning, you should feel good about the Dodgers pitching. I'm not going to come over to that boat just yet. <laughs> I got to see, I got to see Dustin May against the Padres this weekend. A real lineup. A real lineup. A real lineup. Um, Timmy Trumpet playing this, live see, this for Edwin cool. Diaz. Timmy okay. had his second baseball game ever. So, yes, for anybody that's unaware, Edwin Diaz of the Mets has a walkout song, some song by Timmy Trumpet. It's a trumpet. He plays a trumpet. Um, Timmy Trumpet had never been to a baseball game until two days ago. And last night, Edwin Diaz came in for the save. And Timmy Trumpet played Edwin Diaz's walkout song live. This man has to be at every Mets home playoff game. He has to be there. When Edwin Diaz comes into a home playoff game, this guy has to be there playing it live. There's no reason not to have this I didn't want Edwin there. Diaz to come into the game. I know you didn't. But I thought it was awesome. It's phenomenal. It was awesome. It's like one of the coolest things baseball has done this year. And if the Mets don't have this guy on the field playing the trumpet like he was last night in the postseason, they have failed. I don't care if Timmy Trumpet's got some tour he's going on. Cancel it. You're going to be in New York for the postseason playing Edwin Diaz's walk-in song. Had Diaz not come in the game last night, do you think he would be going, uh, Timmy Trumpet would be going to tonight's game and just keep going, going to games? until Diaz is in? I think if I think if you're the Mets yesterday, you're using Edwin Diaz no matter the score. <laughs> just because this guy might <laughs> right. never come like, back. Like that guy's there. Like, ah, we're down three to two in the bottom of, or the top of the ninth. Here comes Edwin Diaz anyways. I think you're using the guy regardless. But he that guy better be there in the postseason or the Mets have failed because that is phenomenal. Great question. Thank you. The Mountain West basketball schedule is out. Some details for UNLV. They will only play New Mexico and Air Force once. There's two teams that you only play one time. Everybody else play twice. They will not go to Air Force and New Mexico will not come to Las Vegas. UNLV opens Mountain West play in December against San Jose State. Their home opener is scheduled to be December 31st against San Diego State on New Year's Eve. But the part that I enjoyed the most on UNLV's graphic showing their schedule, they put the NCAA tournament on the graphic. Hey, you got to think positive, man. <laughs> you got to have confidence. Don't mind that. Kevin Kruger's schedule does not inspire confidence in this team to go to the NCAA tournament. Maybe he thinks he's winning the Mountain West. They should have put a little in smaller font under it, the dates for the NIT. And then right below that, the CBI. All right, you're 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 being negative again about UNLV basketball. <laughs> if they go I to like the it. NIT, okay, right now, you ask Kevin Kruger, or you tell Kevin Kruger, you're going to the NIT. Do you take it or not? Instead of trying for the NCAA yep. tournament, yep. Right now, you've got no shot at the NCAA tournament, but you oh, are. Oh, you're going telling to the him NIT. you have no shot. Yeah. When they didn't take it, if you're telling him you have no, no, no shot, no, no. you're I'm not going to do no, it. No, no. The deal is right now. Your team is not going to the NCAA tournament, but oh, I think you're going to the NIT. No. I think he'd say no. Or you play the season out and see if you can earn your way to I the I think NCAA he'd tournament. want to earn his way to the NCAA tournament. I do. The, going to the now NIT. Now, you're saying in a second year going to the NIT would be successful. It'd be the most successful season UNLV's had in Well, since 2013. Seasons. Right. They have not been to – we talk about the NCAA tournament. They haven't been to any postseason in nine years, right? You think he'd take the NIT? I think he'd be dumb not to. I'm not saying that. Do you think he'd say yes? No, I mean – 
No. No, he would not in this hypothetical that can't possibly exist. But, yeah, I don't think he would. But you'd be dumb not to because it'd be the most successful UNLV basketball has been in almost a decade. That's a great, great question. College football playoff expansion could come as early as 2024. Apparently, there's this board of managers, which is one president from each conference plus Notre Dame's president. And they are meeting on Friday. And they could vote to expand the college football playoff to 12 teams. Now, from what I've read on this, that would not actually mean anything. That would not, like, put in place a college football playoff. All it would do is it would kind of force the college football playoff committee to look into creating an expanded playoff. What's the point? I don't. I think it's just saying, hey, college football playoff committee, we every want this. single conference, every Is, team wants this. Because it has Figure to be unanimous. It right. It, yes, it does have to be a unanimous vote. I think that's the whole point here is just them saying, hey, we all want this. Figure it out. And if it does happen, it could be in place by 2024. The part I don't understand, why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? to? Ex- Nobody is against 12, a 12-team playoff. You don't think so? Even the, S- like the SEC, the, old, the, the biggest problem was that the SEC and maybe the Big Ten, but the SEC did not want a 12-team playoff to have automatic bids. They did not want, hey, every power conference gets a spot and the group of five is guaranteed one spot. The SEC was like, we don't want any guaranteed spots because the SEC knows, well, we're well, always getting, getting three or four teams yeah. anyway. So the SEC was like, if we guarantee spots, we might have teams left out that are in the top right. 12. That should not be a big enough detail that we don't have an expanded playoff. Like that should be. So you think the SEC votes out. for this? I don't know. That, I guess, is the main question, is what is the SEC? And, and the Big Ten and SEC might be joined together because the Big Ten is going to find itself more similar with the, with the SEC than everybody else. So maybe they're against it, but I just, to me, that doesn't seem like a big enough detail to keep us at four when clearly everybody wants 12. Next question. Uh, so Barcelona's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who, by the way, might be moving to Chelsea today, Uh, He had his jaw broken in an armed robbery. Uh, Apparently, some men broke into his house, handcuffed him and his wife, hit him in the face at some point, broke his jaw, stole some stuff from his house, and now he's got a broken jaw. What the hell's going on with soccer players? And he left? And they left? Yeah, they left. Didn't, uh, I mean, they broke his jaw, but didn't hurt them otherwise, as far as we know. Like, what we yesterday was this a witch doctor? Yeah, yesterday we got the witch doctor with Paul Pogba. Now we got Pierre Emerick Aubameyang getting his jaw broken. Like, what are we doing here? I'm trying to see the story. Uh, how many people? How many people came into his house? Like, was this like a lot of people or just one guy? Or I just... think it was like three to four, or something. I don't think it was like twelve, but it was more than one. And with a broken jaw, he could get to Chelsea. Yeah, well, that was, I mean, the soccer side of this, that was the question yesterday when this came out was like, because you have to pass a physical to change teams. My God, he has children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were the kids. Kids were in the house, too. Um, so, yeah, not a deal. Uh, but you've got to pass a physical to change teams. And I guess you can pass everything but the, hey, does your face work part of the physical? Right. <laughs> and Chelsea will be okay with it. So, I don't know. It's just a pretty crazy story to have a pretty famous soccer player get robbed and his jaw broken when it happened. 
This is worse than the witch doctor. Well, the witch doctor's just funny at yes. the end of the day. Like, that's all that is. All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into some Las Vegas Aces as they even the series up against the Seattle Storm. Right by Plum, all the way to glass, rejected by, guess who? The MVP, oh, I'm sorry, the Defensive Player of the Year. Chelsea Gray has the ball at the top of the key. Gray still has it with four. She's with three, fires a three. Boom, shaka-laka-laka, boom, 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 boom. Game, set, match. So Jewel Lloyd will inbound after the timeout for Seattle, far side. And Lloyd. Looking for help, gives it into Megabor. She gives it to Charles. Tia Charles fires a three, back rim, no good. Asia corrals the rebound, and this game is over. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. The Aces beat the Seattle Storm 78-73 to tie the semifinals in the WNBA at one game apiece. Aces outscored Seattle by eight in the third quarter. Asia Wilson had 33 points, 12 of 18 shooting, uh, 8 of 11 on free throws. Brianna Stewart scored 32 on 12 of 22 shooting. Is there any question these are the two best players in the WNBA? No. That was, it was phenomenal last right. night. Like, that game was excellent between Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart. Like, I, Brianna Stewart, I don't know if she got tired or something, but, like, halfway through the third quarter, she kind of became a non-factor for, like, 10 minutes of that game. And but before that, the first two and a half quarters, she was unstoppable. I mean, the Aces like she was making shots when the Aces were playing good defense, and right. I was like, oh, right. okay, like yeah. there's just like nothing you can do. And if she had if she had kept that up, the Aces are down two nothing, yeah. and their season's ending in the next couple of days. But she, I don't know if she got tired or what, but she kind of became a non-factor. They weren't really running the offense through her for about a ten minute period between the third and fourth quarter. So I'm guessing she was tired or something, but. For two and a half quarters, she was awesome. And then Asia Wilson, just not, I wouldn't say quiet first quarter, but after that sort of came on really strong to close that game out for the Aces. Like that was excellent from the two best players in the WNBA. Uh, way to good in terms of uh, Asia bouncing back as well. Yeah. I mean, and from that first game and how bad she was and how how little she did to come back and uh, to score a career high playoff, career high 33. The interesting part to me, I don't think she passed out of a double team the whole game. Like when she, if, if she got the ball, she was shooting and she ended up 12 of 18 and she shot 11 free throws in that game. Like the Seattle storm are definitely either sagging into the paint already off of Kia Stokes, or they're sending double teams at Asia Wilson. And in this game, she just shot like she didn't, wasn't bothered by it too much. I don't think that's the best plan for the rest of the series, right? For Asia Wilson, when she gets double teamed to just shoot through it or over it, right? If they're going to double off of Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, or Jackie Young, you should probably kick it out right. and let one of those three score, take an open three or drive or whatever. However, if they're going to double off of Kia Stokes, Asia then Wilson should probably shoot. shoot. She should probably team. shoot because... Kia Stokes missed another open layup in this game after she missed three in game one. And the same thing happened again where Kia Stokes has the ball on the perimeter. Her defender runs away, literally runs the opposite direction to go double team Asia Wilson in the post. Kia Stokes has the ball in her hands and the Seattle Storm are running away from her. 
she ended up taking like a 18 foot mid range jumper and airballed it. And like she, I, I'll be honest. I don't think she can be on the floor. Like I think it's the aces last night when Kia Stokes. So she played 20 minutes, did not score, was 0 for 2 on field goals, missed the layup, airballed that jumper, had two rebounds, committed three fouls. 20 minutes, that's her stat line. The Aces were outscored by 13. When she was on the floor? Yeah. A game they won by five. They were outscored by 13 when Kia Stokes was on the floor. Becky Hammond seems to like her defense, right? They put her on Brianna Stewart, and the Aces switch a lot, so she doesn't end up guarding Brianna Stewart all that much. But I think it's because Becky Hammond likes her defense. But offensively, she's a killer. I mean, this, the Storm do not guard her. They don't do it. They double it team Asia Wilson before Asia Wilson gets the ball. And Kia Stokes has not been good enough to make them pay. She's not good enough that when they run away from her with the ball in her hands, she can score. And that's a problem. We should mention that De'Ara Cahambi was upgraded to questionable last night. She actually was on the bench in uniform. So maybe she's a game away to come back on Sunday. To be I, the Aces ended up winning that game in the series is one one. That felt really desperate to me. Like that felt like they saw Kia Stokes being almost unplayable and were like, We really need De'Erica Hamby back. Because Hamby, if Hamby's healthy, Hamby gives you the same, if not better, defensive presence to guard Brianna Stewart as Kia Stokes does. And De'Erica Hamby is not somebody that the other team can just run away from defensively, right? right? right. She, I mean, listen, in the starting lineup, Hamby's still the fifth option, right? right. If the other team's going to want Hamby to shoot before she's anybody else. probably not airballing 18-footers. Right, but she can actually score. She can actually make a defense pay when that happens. That felt a little desperate. I don't, I can't, they ruled her out before this series started. Right. And... I don't know. I just have a hard time believing they would like is she, if they ruled her, out, ruled her out on our show. Right. If they ruled her out before the series started, what is she? 60, 70 percent right now. I got a hard time believing you're putting De'Erica Hamby out there at like 60 or 70 percent. Yeah. Maybe they will. I don't know why will. you upgraded a questionable. Right. Maybe they will. And maybe that was just trying to play mind games with Seattle. I don't know. But ultimately, whoever you have on the floor, Seattle's going to know what to do. It's right. not like it's a surprise. I don't know, but it was very much because here, here's the things that Becky Hammond did to go away from Kia Stokes. She played small a lot last right. night where she played four guards with Asia Wilson out there. And that is a better offensive lineup. It's a worse defensive lineup. However, the aces switch everything and Seattle on majority of possessions will run a ball screen until Brianna Stewart has a guard on her. So doesn't really matter what you do. Seattle's going to end up getting that mismatch that they want, even if you put four guards or three guards out there. And then the other thing is she played Ileana Ruper for three minutes, only three minutes. Uh, Ruper can actually shoot threes. Yeah. So if I'm Seattle, I still probably let her shoot, uh, but she can actually make a defense pay more likely than Kia Stokes can. And I thought defensively in her three minutes, she was fine. I mean, she got matched up with Stewart a couple of times, didn't get like beat or anything. I don't even think she gave up a bucket for the couple possessions that Stewart got switched onto her. I, I thought she was fine. I think going forward, Rupert should play more and they should play the four guard lineup more because Stokes, it's just she she gives you nothing on offense and makes it harder for everybody else to score. And it's even more impressive what Asia Wilson did last night when you realize that the Aces for 20 minutes were playing somebody that Seattle didn't even guard for the entire time out there. And here's the other thing. If I'm the Aces, defensively, I am not guarding Sue Bird 
She's not shooting well at all. I am not guarding her. I'm treating her the same way Seattle's treating Kia Stokes because two things. First off, Sue Bird has made three of 11 shots in this series. One, that is a bad field goal percentage. But two, that's 11 field goal attempts in 68 minutes Mm -hmm. for Sue Bird, who is handling the ball on every... This isn't Kia Stokes, who doesn't... They don't want her to touch the ball. Sue Bird has the ball in her hands on every single possession. She's taken 11 shots in 68 minutes. The Aces should not guard her. Should not guard her. She doesn't even look to shoot. And they'll still sometimes trap her coming off of ball screens and like leave Brianna Stewart or Tina Charles open for a second. Like I would, I would, if she, if she comes off a ball screen, I'd double team the person rolling to the basket before I did anything to double team her. Cause she, she doesn't shoot. And when she does, she doesn't really make them. So I would simply not guard Sue Bird. I'd just be like, all right, yeah, you want to take a couple open shots, go for it. We will take that because that's better than Brianna Stewart out here. Have you changed your mind watching both games? Who do you think wins the series? No, I still think the Aces win the series. I think their margin for Could error... Could go five. Yeah, I, I, I think it does go five because I don't think they go to Seattle and win both. But the Seattle's margin for error is so much smaller because it, it happened last night. Brianna Stewart's awesome. And if Brianna Stewart's the best player on the floor, Seattle's probably going to win the game. And Brianna Stewart was the best player on the floor for two and a half quarters last mm-hmm. night. And then, again, I'm guessing she got tired or something... She wasn't for the second quarter and a half of that game or the last quarter and a half of that game. Right. And if that happens or when that happens in every game, Seattle's not going to win. They're not, they're not going to win unless Stewart is the best player on the floor. And she can do that. We we saw it in game one. We saw it for two and a half quarters last night, but whenever that stops happening, Seattle can't win. They can't beat this aces team unless Stewart is better than everybody else. So the aces have a bigger margin for error and how to win. I mean, the Aces haven't played well offensively for two games. They have not played well, and they're 1-1. And they're 1-1. Right. This has not been a good offensive series for the Aces, and it's still 1-1, and you feel pretty good about them going to Seattle and getting at least one, at least and one having, win before they come yeah, home. And having game five to decide it on your home floor. So that's, yeah, I still feel perfectly fine about the Aces winning this series. I mean, they could go to Seattle and win both of them. That wouldn't surprise me. If the Aces have one big offensive game, they win. They win the game. Yeah, and, and ultimately that'll probably be the difference in the series. And by the way, one other thing. The end of the third quarter is basically what ultimately won this game. Aces were up three. Three seconds left on the uh, shot clock. Mm-hmm. Inbounding by their basket. And Asia Wilson hits a contested three. Right. Right? So lead goes up to six. There's like 14 seconds left in the half. They try to inbound the ball, and Kelsey Plum steals it and gets a layup. They scored five points in 4.7 seconds. And that took a three-point lead in going into the fourth lead. quarter to an eight-point lead. And Seattle made a couple runs there to keep it close, but that was ultimately the deciding factor. That ended the game there because Seattle never actually came back to take any lead. All right, coming up next, Darren Millard joins the show. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Milsey Millard. Good morning, Darren. Hey, Darren. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm fine. I hope you're doing well. Wow. Good to talk to you again, buddy. Me too. Great that we have this opportunity to catch up when you're so busy with the Raiders. Yeah. Appreciate great... you keeping the, the, the window open for this. <laughs> Who's with you today? I won't be here long. Uh, Danny's with me. Oh, nice. Da- hey, Danny, Danny, the producer. Da- yeah, Danny's okay. producing the show. Jared is wandering the halls and outside. We see him through the glass every once in a while, so we're not sure what Jared's doing. But, uh, yeah, Danny's with me today. 
I don't know whether I know what Jared's doing when he's standing still beside you in the studio. <laughs> Never mind outside just question. wandering halls. It's a great question. Another yeah. another chap here today. <laughs> Hi, Darren. Oh, who's that? Hi. Uh, I got an important question for you. Oh, hey, Tyler. <laughs> you 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 get one word to answer this question, yes or no, okay? All right. Will Mark Stone participate in training camp? Yes. All right, I'm going to ask you another one. You get more than one word. <laughs> when will Mark Stone participate in training camp? Like what day? Which game? Which session? I don't know. But the feeling is, I mean, this kind of came about because of uh, just, just a mix-up uh, and a story that, uh, that, that was released uh, late last week. And, uh, and it kind of got everybody by surprise earlier this week uh, because I, I read it right away. I went, what? I didn't know that. Uh, speculating on his uh, inability or potential inability to be absent from uh, or be participating in training camp. And, uh, and it just uh, it was a miscommunication or uh, misinterpreted the, the, the facts or the information. So uh, I, I think he's uh, on track and, uh, and everything sounds like it's uh, uh, trending in the right direction. And, uh, and the anticipation is that, uh, that he'll be participating in training camp. I don't know whether he'll play uh, one exhibition game or Two or three or, or none, a uh, little Derek Carr action, but uh, but I think uh, I'm very confident that he'll be on the ice. Yeah, is it important for him to play games? Uh, no, I I think somebody of his uh, stature, I, I, I think he's uh, he, he can definitely get through it. I mean, we we saw a couple of years ago there was no games, and uh, and everybody worked their way into it. Uh, if if it was a perfect world, Ed. I think that uh, that Mark, as, a, as an athlete, would probably like to get in uh, one or two. Uh, but somebody of his uh, experience, uh, I think that uh, that he would be able to uh, certainly uh, be able to uh, adjust going through it. Uh, one would be one would be perfect. Uh, uh, beyond that, um, I mean, I think it's it's uh, veteran players in, in National Hockey League preseason. Would be uh, would be probably perfectly happy if they got two at most. Uh, is this team already suffering a lot of injury concerns, given that it's September first? Well, what are the injury concerns? Uh, your captain might not be there at the start of training camp. The but, but I've already stated that that was uh, misinterpreted. Uh, like that that wasn't uh, an injury setback of of, of any kind. Uh, it was it was more just. Uh, uh, somebody didn't get the uh, the information proper, and and it got out there, and it was quickly uh, dealt with and refuted, and uh, and everything is is status quo as far as as Mark Stone is concerned. Uh, the Leonard the Leonard thing, yeah, that's uh, that's a disappointment that uh, you won't have your number one goaltender uh, available this season, absolutely. But I don't think that. Uh, that we're quite uh, at the stage yet where we can say it's happening again. Uh, I, I'm fully uh, uh, confident that that's uh, that that's not the case. I don't think anybody's refuted Mark Stone until you just did right now. Has anybody from the Golden Knights said that Mark Stone will for sure be at training camp until you just did now? Well, I, I believe that the uh, yeah uh, Kelly McCrimmon the other day was talking about how everything's on track uh, with Mark Stone uh, and and is uh, and is going to be. In and around training, he didn't. He didn't put a, a, a number on on preseason games or 
or what uh, what his participation level would be. But uh, but he was uh, very confident, or sounded very confident that uh, that Mark's optimistic and is happy with the way things are going and uh, is uh, is progressing well. Uh, that that was from from Kelly's news conference uh, this week, the Zoom conference. Right, but he didn't say definitively. Mark Stone will be at training camp. Things progressing well is not the same as he will be at training camp. Well, okay, I'm I'm um, on the positive side of rounding up. Let's just say that. Listen, I wanted to be on that Zoom, but I got an eight minute warning. So I can't uh, I, I can't check my email every second. Uh, Bruce Cassidy told Ben Goats that the job is Logan Thompson's to lose. Are you surprised at that? Uh, no, I think it. Uh, he is certainly the one that that uh, that has the most recent uh, body of work that, that that you can lean on. But I also think that this is very much uh, like yours to lose. But I don't think that there's two hands and and two crest wrenches uh, grabbing onto this thing uh, by any means. I mean, the, the, the person with the most uh, games experience in the NHL, I believe, is Michael Hutchinson, uh, who uh, they signed as sort of an uh, uh, insurance uh, position earlier this summer. And then you've got Brissois, who's coming back from the... Uh, from the surgery and uh, the recently acquired Aiden Hill. So uh, I love the fact that, uh, that Bruce has said that uh, about Logan Thompson, but there's a couple of realities uh, in this uh, situation. One that, uh, that he's got 20 games experience in the national hockey league. And, and the other one is that he's uh, a waiver exempt. And so uh, they're, they're going to have to deal with, with all of that, that he can be set down without passing through waivers and, and you you acquire Aiden Hill, who um, won the same number of games as as Logan last year, same number of games as Lauren Bersaw. Actually, all three of them won won ten games. So uh, it's his job to lose. But uh, but I wouldn't say that uh, that he's got the receiver sticky gloves on it. And I told you they're sending Logan Thompson down the second they can. But I don't know about that. I know that's if what he, I said. If, that's if he, what I if said. If he plays, if he plays well. Uh, he will, uh, it, it, it's like, it's up to him. It's one of the great, fascinating stories uh, of training camp that we're going to watch play out. Nobody has a reason to be just like, uh, to struggle through training camp and be handed the job. Like you're going to have to play well to, to keep that job or take that job away. And, uh, and, and I think it's, uh, it's a really cool, fun situation it's sort of uh, what you what you uh, always wanted sports to be uh without all the contracts and the experience and everything else that plays into it it's just whoever plays the best is probably going to win that job do you think aiden adam hill was more a situation where they're worried about brassois health or do you really think they brought him in because they felt they needed more competition uh probably a little bit of both Quite honestly, and and thanks for that, by the way, throwing Adam in there. <laughs> sure, because, of course. Because now I, I'm almost guaranteed, I hadn't thought of that before, <laughs> I'm virtually this. guaranteed to screw that up <laughs> at some point. Guaranteed. And the producer will be a mayor and goes and say, uh, Adam? <laughs> that, that, that's going to happen. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good uh gamble to take. I think that there's a lot of reasons, if you followed uh, Aiden's career, to think that he can take that next level uh, and, and, and reach, uh, reach beyond 
what uh, what he's achieved so far. So uh, I think that uh, that with a good solid core and working with Sean Burke, uh, don't uh, overstate that. They're all going to get a chance to work with Sean Burke, who is a a goalie whisperer in a lot of different career paths. So uh, I think that uh, he, he's big like Sean was and, and played like uh, Sean did. And so I, I think that uh, that you're looking uh, at, a, at a real potential breakout uh, by, by Aiden Hill. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see him play up close uh, on a really consistent basis. Uh, he's uh, he, he can play athletic, but he's uh, he's big and he's positional as well. So I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Is the worst Golden Knights move of the offseason William Carlson cutting his hair? Uh, no, I love that. Uh, you do? And, and by the way, uh, uh, like props uh, to, to his wife for uh, the, the job editing that thing down. There was a, there was a lot of uh, uh, shots in there, and uh, being able to, to put that through and the, uh, the, the music and everything that, uh, that went in that, uh, that was solid. There's, there's nothing like uh, like a fresh uh, uh, zip uh, cut uh, to, to go with you. I, I like the way she was cutting that, too, with the straight razor. Like, I, I haven't seen that one done in a while. Well, he would not have done this after 43 goals or the fan base would have lost their minds. Yes, uh, probably with good reason. <laughs> so um, uh, I, I, I don't know what, what the reasoning is uh, for, especially now that, uh, that summer's almost over, but I guess um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to get to, to the bottom of it. Like, when was the last time you drastically changed your look like that, Ed? I get a haircut every once in a while. But drastically changed <laughs> your dra- look. Not like drastically. From, yeah, not drastically. Like trim no. is not drastic. Yeah, not drastically, no. I have not. Uh, I uh, did the buzz cut a couple times. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I did the buzz cut a couple times. Then the wife said, uh, we're not going to go down that road. And um, <laughs> that was that. Maybe Carlson's doing it because it's 111 degrees out and he doesn't want to keep going outside with that long hair. Oh, I, I like yeah. It's gotta feel like a like a weight oh, off his shoulders, man. literal weight off his yeah. shoulders. Tyler, when was the last time you changed your look? Uh, probably when I accidentally shaved my beard too short, like a month ago. Oh, what yeah. happened? I I don't know. Set the the razor to the wrong length setting and just started to shave it. And was like ah, that's way too short. So I had to shave it all off, and it grew back pretty quickly. Did you think? Did you think of just leaving it? Uh, in one spot and trying to, to work your way around it and just have nobody notice? No, it was too much. It was right across my cheek. It was too obvious. Yeah, yeah, it would not have, not have worked. I would have had to shave the exact same thing into the other side and been like, look at this stupid design I thought to go with. <laughs> I think you should have gone with it. You were trying to bust me and catch me in a, in a bit of a, a breaking news situation earlier. What, a Mark Stone? Yeah. Because, listen, the captain of the team had back surgery. Somebody from NHL.com said he's going to miss training camp. And for like a week, the Golden Knights refused to say whether he'd be there or not. All of it was vague stuff about he's progressing well. Well, it doesn't mean he's not going to be there. Nobody would just say, yes, Mark Stone will be there. Yeah, I just don't know how many games he'll actually play in the preseason. I think you'll definitely see uh, you'll you'll see Mark around uh, and participating in skates. I I'm confident and hopeful and confident in in that. 
You, but uh, you've but given yeah, the you most were, uh, direct. You were all over me. Nobody's that given was, a direct a, answer. You're the only you're one. You've given that's the given most direct, direct answer. answer. Yes. Well, I'm I'm going off what Kelly said the other day. But he still didn't give a direct answer. He kind of yelled at Ben Goats for asking about it. Nobody yells at Ben yeah, Goats. Yell is over. Yeah, a little over exaggeration. But you know, I think you should hold a Zoom. I think you should send out an email right now and say three minutes. I'm holding a Zoom. <laughs> I think you should do that. That would be good. See how you know how long it would take there. me to organize a Zoom <laughs> with with my technological <laughs> abilities? I'll be on it. If you if you schedule it, I'll be on it in three minutes. Yes, we will be on it. We'll just Danny can run the show and talk talk by himself, and we'll all be on your Zoom. We'll just run the no. We'll just have Millard Zoom live instead of our show. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, it'll be it'll be. I, good. I'd like to see you guys run on a Zoom and just see uh, Jared. Back and forth through that small window <laughs> the in the window, door. Yes. Why, oh why do we have such small windows in our studio doors? He's talking about the door. Oh, he's you. talking about the door, yeah, Fox. Yeah, yeah. so we... people can't see in. You don't need people seeing what we're doing in here. Oh, yeah. Can't give it <laughs> away. Hard. I have to get right up to it. And I'm not even. I'm not even looking to go in and talk to anybody. I'm just like looking. To say, I wonder <laughs> who's uh, hosting the show today. And then they think that you're coming in, and they start waving like, "Oh no, we're on the air. We're on the air." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, no, because there's a light on outside." Yeah. All right. I'm trying to see who's in the studio. Get out of here, Darren. Thank you. We for appreciate it. Yeah, I, I like dragging things out, and you always cut me off. What? Because yeah, it's we usually go to break at like eight forty-four. It's already eight forty-seven. Oh. Bye, Ed. We Thanks. appreciate it, buddy. I miss you. See you, buddy. Miss Take you. care. Bye. Yes, he's right. I was trying to catch him because nobody would say yes he or no to that question. He gave a direct answer. He That's, is as direct as they've yeah. been out so there. So I said you could only use yes or no to answer this yes. question, and he did. All right, coming up next, why do people hate fun? The Press Box Summer Edition. Later in the show, we got tickets to give away to go see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. Stay tuned for that. Also, J.R. Starkus is going to join the show. Uh, Ed, why do you think people hate fun people are you no no i love fun what what <laughs> when do i hate fun <laughs> just kidding you i don't I'm like when people you. lie uh i don't like people so i can't determine why they that's don't fair. like fun. that's fair <laughs> um so unlv slot machine still exists right they still had it in week one unlv celebrated with the slot machine turnover yeah could it should have done it a lot, right? I think the first one they did was actually after a touchdown, not just a turnover. So they should oh, use doing it. it after touchdowns. Well, last year, if I remember correctly, Charles Williams was the first one to use it after a touchdown. Okay. So it it wasn't just a turnover slot machine. It was a we did something good we did something slot well. machine, yeah. right? Which I yeah. they should. I mean, they should use it every time they do something. They get a three and out, go run over there and right. pull the damn thing. Um. So slot machine still exists. Uh, Sean Salisbury. Former NFL player. He now hosts a radio show in Houston. He sent a tweet that he has now deleted about UNLV slot machine saying that UNLV doesn't win enough for that celebration. All right. Get off your grass. <laughs> right? Get off the lawn. Come on. <laughs> Who? And why would that, that? This is another thing about why people don't like fun. I'm always amazed at things that don't affect you that you have opinions about. Right. What does that have to do with you? That kids are over there having fun, like pulling the slot machine. Why, why would that affect you so much that you would tweet that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that. That's that's the get-off-my-lawn guy where there's just opinions and you have nothing to do with this. It doesn't affect your life in any way. And it's in a game that they're winning. It's not like they're down right. by 35 if, right. yeah, and it's not, celebrating. It's not the, the late, great junior Seau celebrating a sack and a 42-10 <laughs> to 10 loss. 
Yes, I it, listen, no, seriously, you used to do that. Yeah, if if they were getting blown out, then maybe you could be like, all right, what are you doing? You're playing with a slot machine while you're down by four touchdowns. Right. But they're winning the game. And so Sean Salisbury's argument of they don't win enough for that celebration means what what he means when he says that is that UNLV in their first game of the season against Idaho State, when they get a turnover, have a big play, and they run over to celebrate with the slot machine, the players should stop and think, oh, this program's been bad for a long time. We better not celebrate. Because it's not like they weren't losing in the game. It's not like they're having a two and nine season, and it's like they've sucked every game. The players on this, I mean, some of them have been on the team before, but the players on this team, they're one and oh. Yeah. Like they, that's all they know is they're destroying they're destroying Idaho right. State. Why would you not celebrate being one and oh? Right? Like the it the logic of oh, that program doesn't win enough to celebrate is so stupid. Yeah, because you don't know what they're gonna do this year. Right. Imagine Ricky White transfers in from Michigan State and is like, Oh, I better not celebrate here because UNLV hasn't been to a bowl game in ten years. Right. Like that's so stupid. So I just I don't understand. I first off. I don't understand how anybody could look at UNLV slot as somebody who's very negative. I hate on a lot of things. How yes. how you could look at UNLV football having a giant slot machine on the sideline and thinking anything about it was bad. Right. There's not a single thing I can think of why that would be bad. I'll be honest with you. If UNLV's down 41 to 10 and they get a pick, I hope they go pull the damn slot machine. Right? If somebody gets like their only career interception, I'm going to pull the slot. Not my fault. Our team sucks. I got to pick. I'm going to celebrate. So I just, I'm amazed that people could see that. And I'm be not like, amazed oh, that's too at much. it. There's just so many people that get involved with things that have nothing to do with them. That because, are none of their business. Because it's not even. Uh, I guess that's the world we live in in sports yeah, though. It's all opinionated. You're not even um, like taunting the other team. Like I could maybe understand if you were arguing against like, oh, he's. They're showing. The up, they're trying to show up Idaho State, but it's it's on the side. It's as far yeah, away no. from the Idaho State bench as possible. I mean, the twelve year old on Idaho State, the coach <laughs> might have been mad. That guy have been. He, he might have been mad at. It, but I'm not so sure anyone else in Idaho State what should if, have been mad at it. What if the twelve year old, the coach's son, ran over and pulled it? No, no. What? Yeah. What if during halftime he was asking his dad, "Can I go pull the slot <laughs> machine at that's halftime?" That's what he was asking yes. him. 